Welcome to Rock Shop Talk. Our show talks best practices, fun anecdotes, and the latest cutting-edge technology in our field to kick your screen printing gears in a hyperdrive. Today's episode features Raquel Weed of C.H. Robinson on the importance and best practices of shipping logistics. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be right back. I want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk. Today, we are discussing the importance and best practices of shipping and logistics. We are joined by Raquel Weed of CH Robinson. Hi, Raquel. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We are fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. It's raining, but yeah. outside of that, we're great. Other than that, there's nothing really happening this, this week nationally or, or anything to really talk about at all. So, yeah, yeah I can't think of anything. Yeah. 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 Um, slow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Rock, uh, U.S.'s president, Ross Hunter. I'm also joined here by our creative producer, Mr. Merrill Caps, and our purchasing manager and logistics extraordinaire, Andy Johnson. A.K.A. Blue. A.K.A. Shockwave. Shockwave. I like that. <laughs> That's great. It's a good nickname. Andy, Andy coined that as nickname when he walked in to, to do this podcast today. So I think we might call him Shockwave. I like that. I think it's of the episode. He says that he really coined that himself. I think someone said, here, here's a new name for you. Did someone give you that nickname at some point in time? No. Okay, you really, really? just didn't make it up when you walked in here. Wow. That's me. That works. I like the Shockwave, not just Shockwave. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Definitive. I like that. So I wanted to uh, start off a couple updates. Uh, remind everyone the Printing United digital experience is still going on. Uh, our digital booth is live. Uh, they've got new topics every single day. We are still giving away a three-night trip to Denver, Colorado. Two days of training with printing extraordinaire, Mr. Danny Gruninger, um, over at Denver Print House. So super awesome. That's going on until the 12th of November. So you still have plenty of time to register for that. And all the details on our website, rock.us. And it's just on the homepage. Uh, Click the button yeah. that says Print United, and uh, it'll tell you how to go through a bunch of craziness to log in and click plus signs. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> there's these pink or magenta plus signs, and that will enter you uh, to this contest. Absolutely. So uh, go check out the booth uh, and uh, hit up our team if you have any questions. And we're going to start off today by uh, introducing Raquel at CH. Uh, I'll kind of hand the floor over to, to her, just uh, what she does with CH Robinson, what CH Robinson is for those people out there that uh, did not come to the conclusion when I said shipping and logistics or earlier in the intro that uh, it is a shipping and logistics company. Um, so Raquel, welcome again. And uh, let's give our listeners here an idea of what CH Robinson is about and who you are. All right, can do. Uh, Raquel Weed. So I've been working with Robinson, I, like, I think I'm like at eight years. I don't know. I feel like anybody who's in this industry, it just ages you. So it is what it is. <laughs> um, but no, I actually manage the customer team for the Portland office. I started my career uh, in logistics in the Colorado Springs office and over time decided that there was some opportunity. So moved over to Portland and have been managing this team now for four years. And so I oversee some of, you know, the account teams that manage some of our largest accounts with Robinson. So can't share who those are. And, and you help with us. 
And we, I have what's wrong. We are Robinson Cusper. Most entertaining conversations I feel like I get to have when I just get random phone calls. I love yeah. it. That's screen like printing. It. And and like logistics, once you get into screen printing, you never leave. So we totally understand that sentiment. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I'm trying to think back to like, especially when we started our relationship together between Robinson and Rock. Um, you know, Robinson, we're a global organization. We're one of the largest 3PL, so third-party logistics companies, definitely in North America, but we are a global organization. So we help companies all over the world in regards to their supply chains. And it is, we're very well known. We've been around for over a hundred years, but the way we identify definitely is we are a tech company. We are here to help support other companies, you know, manage and uh, work on continuous improvement for their supply chains. And then we also add in our people, which we have thousands over like 12,000 employees at any given time across the globe, you know, here to support our customers from the small mom and pop customers that maybe only need a few shipments, you know, a week or a month, whatever it may be, all the way to the big mammoth of those organizations that, you know, you drive, you know, down the road and you're like, and there's a Robinson, you know, customer, there's a Robinson customer. You know, it's just one of those things that I'll be the first to say that I didn't go to school for this. So this has all been kind of, I fell into this, I guess you could say. Um, and I never really thought about really what it meant for a supply chain. Like I would go to the grocery store and I wouldn't even think twice about like, well, how did this even get here? Why is the cost of eggs so expensive? Like didn't, to be honest, I didn't really, you know, give a crap. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, you know, once you start learning and you start understanding like the implications of supply chain and what it means to just your day-to-day consumer you know, it's it's a very interesting thing to be a part of, especially I would say even in today's world. <laughs> Definitely during COVID, let me tell you, all all the toilet paper that needs to go somewhere. Right, and the paper towels that don't exist because of uh, just in time production that we do here in the U.S., which is a probably a big, you know, part of what you guys have to deal with, both from like fulfillment standpoint with the three PLs and mm-hmm. you know trucking and and getting everything out to people. Um, kind of funny you said that because my perfect first segue. Oh, yeah, perfect segue to my first question was just, you know, given COVID happening right now, you know, obviously the economy is kind of, I, I want to say a little all over the place and we'll see what happens, you know, in the coming weeks uh, with the, the election coming up. How has that affected shipping and third-party logistics and getting shipments out to places um especially too with the holiday season coming up i didn't even throw that in there right so we got holidays we got covid we have you know the economic climate what what does that look like right now um it's it's i almost feel like i have to break it down a little bit because it's not it is complex like let's take the holidays out because the holidays no matter what is is always going to be we'll come back to that yeah yeah exactly um so with covid happening i mean when we think about what happened in March, I think the stock market dropped immediately. I think it was like March 20th. And, you know, everyone started furloughing all of their employees. No one knew what to do. People started working from home. You know, being a tech organization, you know, I will say that we've always had people in the office. And then this actually pushed us very quickly to be like, okay, well, can we work remote? What does that look like? And we did make our whole workforce. I think within like a week, we had over 90% of our workforce 
you know, not working in the office. Wow, and it proved that we could do it. I mean, globally, right? Because there was different pockets within the world that, you know, you know, we had our teams in China that obviously had to go home way earlier than that. I mean, we're talking even into the later part of last year. Um, and then when we started to see what happened, you know, here in the United States, everyone started moving home. People were getting furloughed. I mean, it's public information. Everyone there was a lot of furloughs everywhere. Now you're talking about how that impacts not only companies like ours, but talk about, you know, truck drivers and carriers and, you know, those LTL carriers that are out there. Everyone didn't know what was going to happen. So what ended up happening is people, you know, do some drastic things and some companies do. And, you know, you see the smaller companies barely making ends meet and you see the bigger companies definitely going, we need to supply all of this extra freight. You know, we got toilet paper, we, we have paper towels, we have food, you know, everyone's stocking up, everyone's going crazy. So we had to kind of have this weird imbalance of what's going on within the economy, just based off of how people are react, like reacting. You have big customers that, you know, when you think about like food and beverage, right? Like you're thinking about like, oh, well, on my day-to-day basis, I go to Pete's, I go to Starbucks, you know, I go all over the place. Like people's like routines started changing. So that means that, okay, well, I'm not going to Starbucks anymore. So does that mean that, you know, if I'm not going to Starbucks or to Pete's or to wherever in my, for my morning coffee, you know, do I have, are we shipping that much now, you know, to those locations? Um, Are we shipping as much Clorox? Now I'm having to like go and Costco's booming because of the fact that, you know, we have to fulfill all of, and by us, you know, just everybody, we all have to fulfill all of the needs of all the daily consumers out there. So there's this really weird imbalance going on where some, you know, some organizations are like, I can't make ends meet. We just can't pay the bills. Other organizations are like, we need to supply and make sure that we're, you know, we're meeting the demand of all of the customers out there. But what ended up happening is everyone started getting furloughed. There was the anticipation that, okay, we're starting to see the economy come back up. You know, things are reopening. All of a sudden, the jobs aren't coming back. And, you know, I mean, we're talking, we're talking about, you know, people could go on unemployment and make, honestly, a lot more money by sitting around and I don't say doing nothing, but like, you know, deciding not to take their job. And so, you know, people kept pushing it off. So July happened and August kind of happened and people are still, we're not, I guess you could say people were bringing people back, but they weren't coming back as quickly as people had hoped. People realized the economy was coming back. So we kind of had this rubber band effect of like, all right, we got a furlough. Oh crap, we need to go the other direction. And it's only taken until recently that people have gotten a lot of their jobs back, but we're still having hiring problems. So like, yeah, they might've brought all their people back, but now the economy's booming. We don't have enough people to meet the demand. We were coming off of years of, you know, potentially not even, you know, this older generation who drove trucks, you know, we're retiring. You have a lot of people going, you know, work-life balance. Uh, I don't really know if I even want to drive across the country because that's a very hard job. Absolutely. So you're starting, you're starting to see just like different pockets of different things going on where it's, you know, people retiring, you know, people who are more susceptible. Hey, I'm not willing to drive here anymore. You know, I mean, every company is making their own roles on like around COVID and how they want to deal with it and what's best for their employees. And that may or may not align with somebody else and their views. I mean, it got, it's getting really complex. And then you add in the fact that we have so much more freight now than ever. We don't have the, the market is just going crazy. I mean, we, when we look back year over year, it's so unprecedented. We don't even know what to say. I mean, we're going to this point where we're going to our customers going, 
I, I, I mean, all of our business, right? We have such data, like great data and analytics because we've been measuring this for years and there's some cyclical nature to our business. And so that allows us to go to our customers and give them pricing for, you know, a year um, and give them a commitment from a carrier perspective, go find a carrier who can really handle that business. And yet we're sitting in a situation um, where our business is, we really don't know where the market's going to go. Right. And, and that, and it, it sucks. It really does. It sucks for everybody because no one, one, one wants to have that conversation sure, at all. Right. But there's too much, there's too much contractual freight right now falling to the spot market. And the spot market is, you know, the transactional day to day. Hey, can I get a truck from here to here? And that is costing people so much more money because it can't be planned for mm-hmm, versus right. the business that you can plan for. Like every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going from New York to Texas. That can be planned for. That can get, you know, you can start to manage your expenses. You can start managing your budget to that. But the problem is is that too many carriers either, you know, were unable to now take their commitments over time. I mean, a lot of them are even saying they're seeing so many mini bids right now that they don't even know what to do with it. There's just so much business out there. So, you know, super high demand then for for free. And yeah. not enough people to do it is essentially yeah. one of the problems that we're having. One of the problems. And then also think about this now shift, the shift of e-commerce. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, I know that I started buying everything on Amazon, you know, when I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm not going outside. So, uh, you know, you, everyone's changing their habits on how they go shopping, how they, how they are a consumer, what it looks like for them. And so when you think about that, I mean, that shifts people's buying patterns, that shifts how people ship. And, you know, if you're not, let's just say you are, uh, you know, a food company, you know, maybe you're not now shipping as much to Walmart or Target, whoever, you know, you're shipping through or, you know, selling through, and now you're shipping direct to home you know, direct to consumer. So that even just changes, you know, your supply chain and how you even budget and plan for your supply chain. And if you don't have a product that people really need, that is essential, then that even, that took a turn for a lot of people as well. So people had to pivot their businesses. I mean, there's so many factors here that play into this that I think, you know, it's not as easy as like, oh, well, there's a truck and I have freight and let's marry those two together and it's going to be perfect. Right. I mean, there, there's so much more to this and supply chain and tracking and everything. It was, it wasn't that, I know it's simple by thought, like, Hey, you need to pick up something from a, point A to point B, but there's just so many external factors right now that it is causing huge delays in people's supply chain, just in time stuff. I mean, you have to change how you ship, what you do. I mean, I think we've talked about this with rock specifically, you know, you have to be able to plan for it and you have to be able to have lead time and know that, Service, you know, if you want a certain price, then it's like service quality and price all the time. It's this triangle of trying to find the middle all the time. Mm -hmm. But if you really want the lowest cost, well, guess what? Your service and your quality is probably going to not be as great. Well, it's kind of funny that, you know, you talk about delays and stuff, yet consumer habits have all shifted to the Amazon world, which is, you know, today or tomorrow or maybe three days. I mean... I know we get shipments pretty much every day. Or three weeks after they tell you today. <laughs> I, I just ordered my friend a Megaboom speaker, and which I love. And I um, I ordered it at 9 a.m. yesterday, and it arrived by 3 o'clock. Yeah. 
That's right. But so now that's the expectation, yeah, right? right? And, yeah. and it was less expensive, I'm sure, too, than you going out to the store. Oh, there you go. <laughs> going out to the store and buying it. We only had one thing during all this. We bought a pull-up bar for our garage gym, and that took five and a half months to get. Granted, it was gym equipment, and that pretty much also ran out nationwide. So that ran out nationwide for sure. Because yeah. I was trying to get bumper plates and other things. I was like, "Why is this so hard? Since when do people want to work out?" <laughs> like, yeah. Go no, back to your twenty nineteen self, please. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, this is a very small tangent about what you brought up, but I'm curious. Pre-COVID, how much did you recognize, uh, or did you recognize, how much of a difference um, within personnel? of just people's habits changing and you're saying like people getting older uh, in the industry, how much mm -hmm. of, of the youth factor is in this industry and uh, what, if anything is happening to encourage that? Cause it's so critical. It is critical. You know, there's been, I would say the shift has been coming. It's been a conversation for a really long time, just in regards to driver shortage and drivers over time, you know, retiring. And let's be honest, it's a hard job. And there's right. much easier jobs out there that pay very well. Mm -hmm. So like the whole idea is like, how do you attract more talent into, right. into these truck drivers essentially? And that's when it goes into like, I'm sure you've heard like Elon Musk is, you know, has the driverless trucks, mm -hmm. you know, and all that. And you have competitors coming out with that. So, you know, there's, there's regulation that goes along with that. So it's not as easy to be like, okay, tomorrow we're gonna have a driverless truck, you know, right. out there. There, we have done it. It's been out there. Um, there has been success with some of that, but again, it's not things that are going to happen overnight. Right. And it also, then you also have to think about like, well, how, how, how's the world going to feel about these massive semis just going down the road and you're driving past them? Like with no one in it. We're already freaked out even when they're people oh. behind the wheels. So trust me, I know I'm like, okay, he definitely cut me off today. Like, <laughs> like whoever it may be. Um, for sure. But I mean, it's been, a, it's been a conversation, right? So what people are doing is there's all these, even right now, you know, about attracting talent, there's carriers are trying to figure out how to get people in the door. Some of it is just like huge bonuses for like signing up and for mm -hmm. a contract of one mm -hmm. to three years or whatever it may be. I mean, you got to pay these people a good amount of money. Um, and then there's also like, if you give a referral, there's a bonus for that person, depending yeah, on how yeah. long per mile driven. I mean, it's, they're doing a lot of different things to try to create incentives to get drivers in this, into this industry period. And then at the COVID time and how mm -hmm. that, we still need more drivers and especially the LTL carriers right now. I mean, they're getting so much freight because think about like some, because of the buying demands, it has changed how we ship. So if maybe we would send a full truckload to, you know, our end consumer now, they might not be ordering that way because more of the business is going through e-commerce. So now they only take a few pallets of freight. <laughs> well, if they only take a few pallets of freight that changes the scope for all of these businesses. Right. And so when we think about L like LTL carriers, for example, you're talking about like the UPS, FedEx, ABF, you know, all of them. Um, there's a lot of them who've put in embargoes pretty much to deter you from sending freight their way. Like to the point wow. where it's just like, I'm going to start adding hundreds of dollars of charges just so that you won't ship with me. And, 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 you, and you don't even know when it happens. And it could be a bunch of different things. It could be staffing issues that they're having and they'll just turn it on the next day. And then, you know, and then customers and, you know, like whether it's Robinson or somebody else, right. Who's ever helping service your business. I mean, that stuff, those decisions are happening so quickly that we might not know that it needs to ship that way. And then we have to pivot. 
just, and the customer has to pivot and you have mm-hmm. to pivot so quickly. And one week you could be getting really crummy service with one carrier and you're like, I never want to use them again, but then it could be another carrier the next week based off of, you know, how their, you know, their hub and spoke models, um, they continue to change. And it could be COVID related, like they could have a COVID breakout. They could, it could be a bunch of different things or they could be a staffing issue. I mean, we don't know half the time, but if all of a sudden there's too much freight going into one location, they will make it very difficult for you to ship with them. And if you do, it's not guaranteed. And realistically, you know, you will be, it'll be late. I mean, the kind of the joke right now is anticipate a late pickup and anticipate a late delivery. And if you just keep your hopes low, you will be good. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard as someone shipping though, right? Because oh, I mean, I know we run into this because in our our business model, we're shipping something to, you know, an end client and we're having to show up kind of simultaneously and install it, put it together, train on it, et cetera, et cetera. So when you talk about it's going to ship late, it's going to show up late, you know, that domino effect that's happening in people's businesses right now, because, you know, the the person waiting on it is someone that's doing just-in-time production too. So it's like, it, it just... And they're trying to coordinate a forklift at the same time to pull the freight off. That happens. Yeah. But like, that's the thing. That's where it goes back to, okay, well, like, let's think about our options here. You know, Robinson, we're mode neutral as an organization. So at the end of the day, we can ship it LTL, truckload, air, like whatever makes the most sense. The the thing is, most people aren't prepared to be like, you know, I'm going to ship that package. It's going to be expensive, but yes, it will get there on time. So I, you know, and no one, and people didn't budget for those decisions. Realistically, they budgeted of, I have, let's just use easy numbers. I have a hundred pallets that are going to ship LTL. It's going to cost me around X this year, you know, with inflation and everything else in transportation when they budgeted. Now I have to ship all those hundred pallets, each one singly in a dedicated truck so that I have a higher likelihood of getting it on time. You know, no one was making those decisions. No one knew. Mm -hmm. And like, we all joke like what's really good for business is sometimes a hurricane because like realistically it's like, it's always the extremes, right? Um, It's no one could anticipate like when this hit, it was like, at first you're like, is this even really real? Like, how is this going to affect everyone's businesses? No one knew that it was going to close down businesses. It was going to change the way we taught our children. It was going to change how we went about our daily day-to-day lives, how we even showed up as family members, you know, siblings, friends, peers. I mean, it has completely changed, you know, our life as we know it. And, you know, when we think about how that affects just, you know, people and businesses, no one could have anticipated. Like, we know what happens when a hurricane happens. We can kind of make some, like, guesstimates. I mean, no one really knows, but you know, you Mm -hmm. know. But then you add something like this and the duration of how long it has lasted you know, well, and the unknown of how long it's going to continue. I mean, yeah. there's still, we're all just sitting in limbo. You know, I think people are getting a little bit more, you know, used to it and they've adjusted their businesses and their business models somewhat to accommodate. But I think we also haven't adjusted enough because you know, there's this like hope that right. there's this light at Constant the end of the carrot. tunnel. And it's like, you know, do you want to make these major changes and then everything goes back to normal or what will yeah. be the new normal, I guess. Well, but I'd even argue that, you know, the the other th- aspect to a lot of this is that people are getting used to this and right. it's almost like they're forgetting. 
that COVID exists because it's just become like, okay, I wear a mask when I go to the grocery store, you know, I do these things. And sometimes now it's like that reoccurring conversation of like, remember, we still have COVID, you know, and, it, and it's not just COVID anymore, right? It's, it's how COVID has now affected the rest of the nation and everything else from shipping habits to consumer habits to just day-to-day life and how we go about our day-to-day lives. So it's not just like, oh, it's COVID. It's what it's the implications yeah. of what happened. And I think that's where, you know, we would all love to say, and you know, that things are going to go back to normal and then rates are going to go back down. But like, you know, I, I don't know if that's going to happen to be honest. No one can predict that. The best thing I think people can do right now is, I mean, figure out what, what kind of service are you looking for? Because to be honest, like the fact that if you do have a forklift, right at the end, and especially with like construction or even like for this, your screen printing machines, I mean, when there's crews on site, it does, it adds so much money to the whole process of this. So it's more than just transportation. So it's like, what does the transportation truly cost? Should it cost the fact that it's a dedicated truckload or should we be shipping this a completely different way? And I'm not just talking about you guys, but like even companies who are shipping LTL that don't want to pay for a dedicated truck, like mm-hmm. it, it depends on what your goals are. If you make a promise to your customer that you're going to show up, well, that's the promise you made and the promise costs money in this. Way. And I think that's where Good companies answer. decide like, well, really, how do we still want to show up taking this stuff all away? Absolutely. Well, I'm going to stop us for one second. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we will dive further into shipping and logistics. We'll be right back. Ease yourself into automation with the Rock US Fold, Pack, and Label Solution Suite, named 2020's Product of the Year by Printing United Alliance. The versatility of the modular system empowers you to build your premier packaging, folding, and labeling solution one step at a time. For these and other expert solutions to help you press onward, please visit rock.us, that's roq.us, or call 1-87-ROCKET-NOW, that's 877-674-8669. I want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. Today, though, we are talking about shipping and logistics uh, with C.H. Robinson, and we are joined by Raquel Weed of C.H. Robinson, uh, live from Arizona, but uh, she's just on vacation. She actually (laughs) uh, lives uh, in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, we're also here with our creative producer, Mr. Merrill Caps, hello, hello. and our purchasing and logistics extraordinaire, Mr. Andy Johnson. The shockwave. The shockwave. <laughs> I have to continue it now. It's just too fun. Oh, yeah. No, I think that actually is going to go on his email signature yes. from, from here on. The official title on the site. The shock. Oh, I, I like Just that. No explanation either. And our listeners out there, you know, if you ever are emailing or communicating back and forth with with Andy, uh, <laughs> make sure to to put that in your email mm-hmm. or telephone call. Mm-hmm. I talked oh, to the shock wave. It's another T-shirt. Yeah. On the break, we were talking about making some cool shirts. Uh, Hashtag shipped face. Ship 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 face. Ship. Since we're talking about shipping, shipping, today. yeah. So all our screen printers out there, uh, whoever wants to do some printing for us, so we can make some cool shirts for CH Robinson, uh, please write uh, to hello at rock.us. Again, that's hello at rock.us. Roq. And, uh, we'll give you a, a screen printing job. That's exciting. Yeah, it'd be fun. I dig it. Absolutely. Exclusive to this show. Yeah. Like you only know about it if you listen to this episode. I like that. That's I cool. want one. 
Oh, we'll all wear we'll, the shockwave we'll once one. We'll get a picture. I want one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a question. Okay. Because you know it's um, what is it? November, and we've got the holidays coming up. Oh, it's Movember. Oh. I've got to grow the. I've got to grow the stash. I didn't have the stash for the episode. <laughs> I had to shave for Halloween. No, I mean normally I have like enough of a beard where I could cut the rest of it off and and rock the Movember, which I can only do for like a day because every time I look at myself in the mirror I just laugh because it's not a good. <laughs> it's not a, it's not an appealing look on me. But um, I think very few can pull it off well. I think, I think you, you have to be it. like a firefighter or a or a cop. Hmm. It always seems to work on yeah. people in uniform. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, but it doesn't. It just if you either have the face for it or you don't. And it's, it's like, just, yeah, that's wise. Yeah. That's wise. My dad one year grew out a Fu Manchu that like went all the way down to to here. Very and he braided it. Oh, it very ooh, that's committed. Very Texas of him. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, we digress. Shipping is cool. <laughs> oh um, yeah, logistics. About Let's go. yeah, the holidays. What should uh, what what's different? What should people listen for? Watch out for? Uh, avoid, etc. Can I'm going to cut her off and say she's about to say plan. <laughs> Was I right? Yeah, get your shit together. No. <laughs> Did you just plan spain? spain? <laughs> Yeah, no, honestly, you know, the holidays are an interesting time. I, depending on, and it's not just holidays, right? Like everyone's industry, depending on what you're shipping, uh, you have different seasonality to your business. Most people think about the holidays and they go, okay, we have the holiday season push, you know, usually when it comes to like consumer goods, um, most of it does go back to planning. So yes, you have to plan. Because um, there's other things, there's other factors here that are going to play into the marketplace, especially when we think about like the Pacific Northwest. I mean, you have Christmas trees. Now, we're still anticipating whether or not this is going to be a huge Christmas tree season. Obviously, due to COVID, are people going and, you know, going out and buying them? What does that even look like? But Christmas Was it trees- a big pumpkin season? Do you guys mm-hmm. ship pumpkins? No, that's not a thing. So Christmas well, tree delivery. Oversee customers that ship pumpkins, but I am sure we have shipped pumpkins for sure. And we, we ship pretty much every there's there's a list of a few things that we don't ship, but aside from that, we ship everything. So. <laughs> we'll get into the things that they don't ship soon. That'll be a great topic. <laughs> like, let me get a list out. <laughs> yes. Honestly, like when it comes to the holidays in an in a non-2020 year, you know, it does come back down to a lot of these companies usually they kind of know what's going to happen with like based off inventories, their previous buying patterns. And I mean, there's big companies that they start shipping their Christmas stuff or their holiday season stuff in like May to get oh, wow. ready. And so again, it, it all depends because for different companies and in different industries, you know, Christmas either might be Christmas or ho- the holiday season really might start in August. So when you think about a holiday season being like August through December, I mean, that's half the year. I mean, we, take away Christmas for a second in the holiday season. Think about going back to school and yeah. having to plan for that big push. I mean, and then you have the produce season out there and that's a different push. That's in the middle of the summer. So when you think about like what to do to prepare, a lot of it does come back to planning. Much more lead time is going to get you what you want, at least get you closer to the rates you want. You know, if you have any um, repeat business or like there's any consistency that's something that you should bring to your partner, your supply chain partner, you know, your transportation partner and be like, I have these lanes. This is the consistency. Can we find a carrier to match up 
with that so that we can one, get better service. And then two, probably keep our rates a little bit more, um, you know, together instead of riding the spot market and never knowing like, all right, today's 4,000. Yesterday was 2,500. You know, you can't budget for that. And that is the that blows people's, you know, budgets completely out. And so talk about a time that we're, everyone's budgets are blown anyways. You know, right now people are realizing they just, they were, I think there was a lot of people that were hoping, and by people, I just mean companies, right? That were hoping that, well, I'm going to keep pushing back on my suppliers or my transportation partners and tell them that, no, we're not going to take an increase. No, we've been a partner and like all of those things. But then what ends up happening is, you know, there's only, the business has to be mutually beneficial. And realistically, we're all in business to make money to some extent, right? So, you know, there's only so much we can do here with being able to just create trucks, you know, and if a truck costs $4,000, it costs $4,000. And so, you know, if, again, it goes back to service. If you want to ship it for cheap, yeah, you could probably ship it LTL, but it's probably not going to get there on time. And you got to be okay with that. But if you want to pay the extra money to make sure that you are meeting the demand of your customers and the expectations of your customers, because ultimately it is your relationship and your mm-hmm. reputation, um, you got to pay more for that, especially in this time. But I will say from a holiday perspective, if you've done your planning, you know what's coming, you know, just like any other business, I would suggest like, just make sure that you're ahead of the game. It's better to ship ahead of time and then like, go find storage somewhere. Or, you know, if you're not going to be penalized for shipping early, then I would even say that's probably one of the best things you can do right. just so that you're, you know, it's, I was, I, the best way I can put this is that I went to the car dealership recently and they were working on my vehicle and they were just like, it's going to be two hours until um, your car is going to be ready. And I was like, okay, I guess we'll get my laptop out. In 30 minutes, came back and they were just like, okay, your car's done. And I was like, they're like, and I, her and I was just like, you did that on purpose. And she was like, yes. I was like, <laughs> and I just laughed because I was like, you know what? That's exactly it. You know, I'd rather exceed your expectations all day long than, you know, barely meet your expectations or even take too long that like mm-hmm. now you're pissed and you're a pissed customer and you're not coming back to rock or whatever it may be. Right. Like, so it was funny that, you know, just in that great, like that example alone, it made me think about what I do on a day-to-day basis and the team I manage on. Sometimes like we got to be better at, you know, setting accurate expectations. We all want to say yes. We all want to make our customers happy and be like, yes, we're going to get it there. It's going to look like this, but we've had to have some real tough conversations this year. And it's not just holiday. It's just all year round about really setting expectations. And I would, then I would just say set realistic expectations or even maybe say that it's not going to get there for an extra week pad, or whatever. Pad, pad those expectations slightly, yeah. For the, for the holiday season. I will say with Rock, it is kind of difficult, like with the fact that you have to get a forklift, you have to make sure you have people. I mean, a lot of times when your customers are receiving, you know, their their machine, they probably have never received one before. And if they have, maybe they know what they're doing. But if, if that came to my house, I'd be like, can someone help me? I don't know what right. So I can only imagine, like, you're trying to make sure not only are you meeting your customers' expectations, but you're also then, you know, creating this, like, warm, fuzzy feeling of, like, okay, when I get this, it's going to be easy. You know, the shipping got there on time. I didn't have to think twice. Someone showed up to my house or to, you know, my business, and they took care of it. You know, it, it's it's definitely more complicated than I'm going to go ship something from point A to point B to Walmart. Mm-hmm. Right. I wish it was that easy. Yeah, it would. No kidding. It would make life uh, substantially, 
simpler, but there are just so many things involved in all this. And I know even for us, you know, from the supply chain standpoint, our OEM, you know, as everyone listening and, and you know, is in, in Portugal, and there's a whole nother barrier there because, you know, they're manufacturing, it's, it's getting put in a container, it's got to get from their facility to, you know, a dock, it's got to go from the dock onto a boat. Customs. Yeah. All that. Get on the boat, go over the ocean, go through customs, then get on a truck, you know, and then either get to our facility in Florida to go out or go, go direct to, to our consumer. And right now, I mean, they've, they've had a lot of issues with COVID in Portugal. I mean, it's raising, you know, the cases are raising substantially. They've had issues in the factory with COVID and, you know, luckily they're doing a great job at isolating those issues. And so we're not seeing entire factory shut down, but you know, it, it, it causes that extra layer where, you know, we're not padding that in. So even if you're padding the shipping part in, now you got to pad in the, the supply piece of it. And it's, you know, it gets kind of crazy to even think about because um, there's so many moving parts. Right. Well, that kind of brings us to the next point about um, technologies and software and different platforms that could reduce those unknowns and streamline things. Um, so Raquel, can you speak to that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we are a tech company, so I'm going to give you that spill. Yeah, yeah please. Um, no, but you know, I will say for a really long time, a lot of companies, right? Not just Robinson, just like other three PLs, you know, it really was at least back in the day, you know, you, you had your trucks on the board and then you had your loads on the board and you're like coordinating, trying to figure things out. And, you know, fast forward to now, right? We've been investing and I will say we've you know, we're on this journey of investing a billion dollars over five years, just in tech. So, I mean, it's it's definitely public knowledge. It's something that we've invested in and we invested in it for our customers because we realized our customers needed something. And we have always like prided ourselves on having tech and, you know, some customers were ready for it. And then some customers weren't because they were just like, I've been doing it in my Excel spreadsheets for a very long time. We're going to continue to do it this way. But, you know, when we think about the best in class organizations and what they're doing to set themselves apart, you know, our customers, what they're planning on doing, tech is a huge piece of that. They need to have a system that allows them to be successful, allows them to track their freight, allows them to give them visibility to, you know, costs and to inventory and to, you know, making sure that they understand what's really going on, being able to put in freight into the system. You know, it's you want to be able to have full visibility and it's only into the last few years that companies have even had the ability to have that. So like Robinson, we've been investing, you know, like I said, a billion dollars, we hired a lot of people to make sure that we can make sure that our customers are getting what they want. And then on top of it, we're coming up with like innovative solutions around what would be the equivalent of like going on kayak for free, you know? And so we're coming out with all these things that our customers are, you know, getting the privilege of experiencing. And sometimes to be honest, we like a customer will come to us and go, I have this problem. This is what I need. And we go, okay, well, let's figure it out. Because if you're the, if you're a customer who needs this, most likely there's probably some other customers who need this. So let's see how we can support not only you, but we can support, you know, our 120,000 customers that we do have. For sure. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely something we embrace here. Yeah, and I mean, I know, you know, from our end, we're still working on a API connector between your platform and our ERP system. So you guys put a lot of work and thought into how do we integrate ourselves into what our con- or what your consumers are already using um, to, to be able to better, you know, um, visibility and tracking and integration. So you're not doing as much manual um, work. Well, I was to say there's the manual work, but then it's also just like good data, right? Like mm-hmm. when you have really good data, you can make good decisions around your business and really focus on accurate continuous improvement. And a lot of times companies didn't focus on the data. And what ended up happening is like, I think I ship this much. I think that my cost per pound is this, you know, and, you know, we can start to do some really cool things when we start to better understand what really is occurring in your business. Like some companies believe that, hey, I give you a weekly time. And I'm like, actually, just kidding. You only give us, you know, 24 hours. 24 hours is going to give you a very different rate than a week mm-hmm. or I have no consistency in my business. And then you come to realize that there actually is a lot of consistency because we can see the shipping patterns that are actually occurring. But because that person is feeling it themselves and they're receiving it from maybe the sales team, they're not noticing the consistency that's actually going on. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes people like hold their freight. Like, hey, can you hold it just for two days? Because when you do, we can actually save you X amount of dollars. Like, bunch of cool things to do. It's just a matter of like good data. And like with Rock, it's a matter of if we can get connected, right, then or any customers, you can get connected. Realistically, we can start looking for continuous improvement, which will ultimately just help you and your bottom line when it comes to making sure you're servicing your customers and you're doing it at a great price. Awesome. So, um, you know, for all of our listeners out there who hopefully are listening to this and like C.H. Robinson's the bomb, I don't know anything about logistics, but I know I need it. I should call these people. What kind of questions, you know, I, I guess I'll preface this. When I had my, comp- my my other company in screen printing, it was a screen printer. You know, when we started doing larger volume stuff, I started to need some LTL services. I'd say nothing bigger than that. It was funny because I, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm not a logistics person. I didn't have that background. And, uh, you know, the first thing everyone does is go to the Goog and type in, you know, I need a truck. <laughs> Um, and I probably needed one like the next day because, right, it was just something I needed. You needed it overnight. It, yeah. That's another shipping check. I used to actually, funny sidebar, I used to use Ubers for local deliveries way back when Uber started. They'd show up and I'd put a box in their car and type in the really? address. Oh, it saves so much money compared to courier services. It was insane. I love how you used the word, I used to do this. Oh, no, I did it recently with a cocktail. Um, I had Meryl make me a cocktail at his house. And then I sent an Uber driver to his house to Uber the cocktail to my house. It was a hot toddy. It was like medically necessary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. I don't... Although I'm very curious that this was like worth an Uber for this hot toddy, apparently. It was the best hot toddy I've ever had in my life, bar none, hands down. And I didn't feel well and I felt amazing the next morning. Totally fixed me. So I, it, it was good. It was worth it. Okay. Well, Meryl, I'll give you my address. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll send you the recipe for sure. Done. <laughs> So what do we tell people, though, that, that are having this problem for the first time? So they're, they're out there, they're looking for a freight company, a 3PL company. Um, what kind of questions should they be asking 
um, these companies, like before making a decision, obviously there's a lot out there. What, what are the important things that people should be thinking about when they're, they're getting in the free world for the first time? The free world. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably run the other way. Like, <laughs> job, hobby. Just don't ship anything. No, no, no. <laughs> Not at all. Um, you know, there's when you're entering into any relationship, right? With a, you know, any relationship business, especially business oriented, you know, understanding who the company is, like, do they have all the features and things that you're looking for? Think of it as an interview process. What are the, what are the things that you need? Like when I think about modes and services, do you need parcel? Do you need LTL? Do you need truckload? And if you don't know, ask, I, I would say like the biggest thing is you want to be invested in somebody who's going to invest in you and, you know, they're going to take the time to educate you because this is a whole different world. It really is. I mean, you know, to think that you may know a lot about, it's not just getting like one truck from point A to point B, truly understanding like the economy, the ebbs and flows of freight, like what are the impacts and what are the things that are going on in the world that are going to affect your business? You know, it's someone who's willing to educate you and teach you and coach you and not just be like, Oh, you want a truck? Okay, I'm going to move that from here to here in this one mode. But who, someone who's going to come to you and go, you know what? There's three different ways we can ship this. And I'd actually suggest that we do it this way for these five reasons, based off of what I know about your business. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a different relationship. And that's why I do think you almost have to interview the companies you're going with. Because one, you better get some real good, like fuzzy feelings on the inside, for sure, in any relationship. But you want it to be mutually beneficial. You want to make sure that both teams, whether it's Robinson or, you know, another uh, company out there and yours uh, is on the same page with what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to achieve quality? Are you trying to achieve, you know, cost savings? You know, making sure that you're having a conversation. It's not just a transactional relationship. Now, those do exist, but for newcomers into the industry, I would argue, do some real research about what do you need? What do they need? And if you're unsure, find the people that are going to support you and teach you along the way, because that, that's the knowledge. Like that, to be honest, is I'd say almost worth all of it. You know, maybe it's going to be a little bit more expensive for you to go with, you know, the more Cadillac service, I guess you could say, but you're going to get the quality. You're going to get the knowledge. You're going to get the support. You're going to learn as you go. So that fast forward three, five, 10 years, you know, you have learned what you need to do to make the best decision. And yeah. whether that's or somebody else, I mean, that's going to pay you dividends in regards to like how you look at your business going into the future. Absolutely. And there is some leverage too by going through a third party logistics. I mean, you guys, like you said, have been around a hundred years. You work with, I'm pretty sure every LTL service on the, the, at least in this country, you know, tons of, of dedicated services as well. And because of, of the relationship that you've had with a lot of those companies for, you know, tens of years now, I mean, it, it kind of gives you a little bit of, of extra, I don't want to call it leverage, but I mean, leverage to help your, your clients succeed, right? Because it's not me, the, the first time shipper on the face of the planet going direct to ABF, let's say as example of like an LTL carrier and saying, Hey, I need this. They're probably going to give me the A to B and, and that's kind of it Mm -hmm. where you guys really come in, uh, you know, as a 3PL service and do get to understand the business. It's, it's not just us calling you and saying, Hey, we need to ship this. It's, it's you saying, what are we shipping? Where is it going? And, And I know when we started our relationship, I mean, it was a three month 
process, uh, you know, lots of in-person meetings. I mean, this was before COVID. Um, I always have to throw that out there, but yeah, I mean, we, we met in person, you brought in a team of people, looked at the business, we looked at, you know, what we were doing in the past, where we wanted to go. And, you know, I, I guess I'm just echoing what you're saying to everyone listening that, you know, I'm coming into this as someone completely naive to, to logistics at all. And I felt comfortable because I was learning. And if I wasn't learning, I don't think I could have made a decent decision. I just would have, you know, picked something and said that, mm-hmm. you know, but because of the learning aspect of it, I mean, it really helped a lot. So research is key when it comes to to getting started in logistics for sure. Well, and you're right. Like some people don't have the time, right. To do the research, I guess you could say, cause like, uh, I need a truck tomorrow and I'm not right. going to say. <laughs> so, but that, you know, it begs the question also like, you know, when we think about the relationships we have with our customers, some are very strategic um, and we are their partner and we are their like their outsource partner. Um, and then we have relationships that are much more transactional. Like I need a truck tomorrow, get it for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that's when it goes back to like, well, what kind of relationship do you want to have? You know, especially starting early on, I would all, I know cost, especially being a small, if, if you're starting early on, you probably are a small, small organization. You're probably looking for the best rate. But there is something to be said about having a partner who's going to educate and teach you so that you can have the best rates long term, you know, and who are more also invested in you and helping you make the right decisions for your business so that it doesn't, you know, have implications on the back end. You know, it does take a little bit longer, but you have to decide as a customer, what kind of relationship are you looking for? Because you can have a transactional one or you can have a strategic one, but Obviously, every, I don't say every broker, but like every transportation partner would love a strategic partnership with a customer. But you as the customer have to decide, what are you looking for? And then from there, you know, then you do the vetting process of like, well, what can I, what can they provide me? Is it, you know, does it fit for both of our businesses? Because I I don't usually turn away business, but at the same time, if it's not a good fit, I'll be the first to say, uh-uh, like, let's right. not do it. Let's not ruin this relationship. You know, mm-hmm. I will tell you well, and I'll tell you, if this is not in our wheelhouse and so that we're not, I'm not wasting your time. And to be honest, usually that benefits both of us, right? For sure. I, I, I don't want to fail you at the end of the day. I want this to be a great partnership, a great relationship. And if I can lead you in the right direction, then I'm going to lead you in the right direction. So that's awesome. Well, with that, we are going to go to our next commercial break. And when we come back, we will wrap up uh, with uh, logistics and shipping. We'll be right back. The Rock Shop Talk podcast is your home for all things digital and screen printing. Co-host Ross Hunter and Merrill Caps interview industry professionals and newcomers alike to bring you the best and most helpful unfiltered insights and stories to kick your business into hyperdrive. To subscribe and even request to be on the show, please visit rock.us slash rockshoptalk. I want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. Today, we are focused on logistics and shipping, and we are joined by, with, by, with, we are joined, with, either, either way, we are joined by, no, either way works. I don't think it joined, works. Joined with, I think it could work. Weird. It's weird, but I think it, it is weird. Yeah. By the way, you're joined. starting, I just start over. I wasn't going to start over. I, think I was we, just going to keep going with ride. it. So yeah. we're joined yeah. uh, here. Here, digitally. With. <laughs> virtually. 
virtually joined. <laughs> this is Raquel. This is Raquel <laughs> Weed of C.H. Robinson, and she is joining us today in our episode about shipping and logistics. Uh, also here with our creative producer, Mr. Meryl Caps, and our purchasing manager and logistics extraordinaire, Mr. Andrew Johnson, a.k.a. Andy. See, I already shifted gears. I didn't use a nickname. <laughs> shifted time. gears. Was that a shipping joke? Oh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you're, you're good at these puns, man. <laughs> we need to get one. We have to have a shipping joke with Over the Top. Mm. Did you ever watch Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone? Uh, yeah, a oh, long yeah. time ago. Truck driver. Classic. He had a, You've never seen this, Raquel? Okay, so you have to watch Over the Top. It's an 80s movie with Sylvester Stallone. He's a professional arm wrestler. And he's, a, he's a truck driver. And in his truck, he rigged an entire weight system, like a home gym. And so he would drive, and on his arm that he used to arm wrestle, he would just, like, lift weights the entire time he's driving. Now, mind you, it's a Sylvester Stallone movie, so he doesn't talk. So it's about an hour and a half of him lift, lifting weights. It's appropriately titled. Yes, grunting and and arm wrestling, um, but it also, has something to do with. You're not really selling me on this. As the, <laughs> in other words, I'm not desperate enough during COVID. Thank you. I thought you were going to tie oh, it into well. the Rocky conversation. I thought you oh, were. You could tie it into Rocky right now. Well, that's like, not my story. That's I, I didn't story. ask for consent. Do we have consent to tell that story? Okay. Story, but there's okay. no it's not a story. <laughs> it's her well, nickname. So Raquel's nickname's Rocky. Yeah, that's the end of it. And <laughs> and we're Rock, Rock, Rocky, and then we're talking about Sylvester Stallone. So <laughs> tie it all together. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? <laughs> Don't. Have I, you ran up? Have you ran up the stairs? Oh yeah. Okay. Have you ran up the stairs? Yeah, if I need to. No, the Rocky stairs. Oh, no, I haven't. But you know what? We could still use the one-shot rock with the Rocky thing. So that's what Copy the that. nickname is going to, one-shot rock. One-shot rock. That's me. I like it. And all of our shipments, what is that called? That's called a straight shot, right? That's a shipping term? What are you talking about? A, yeah, a straight yeah, truck. Yeah, straight shot. That's like a dedicated truck, right? Hmm. Sure. No? Am I being dumb? Is that not, that's not like shipping slang? Like there's a straight truck. (laughs) Okay. I thought it was called a straight shot. What's a hot, there's a hot shot though. Hot shot. What is a hot shot? The guy who jumps out of an airplane. No, it's a hot shot. like when you like get some random truck to show up like in 10 minutes and they go. (laughs) A small trailer that's attached potentially to like someone's big truck. It's yeah, you're thinking me. of a getaway car. Hmm. But you know, there's hot, hot firefighters, and I didn't know yeah. not people that jump out of planes or helicopters or whatever. So I don't know. One shot rock here today. Let me tell you. All right. I like it. I dig it. One shot rock. All right. So getting back to what are we doing here? We're having fun. Isn't that what a podcast is for? Like it's it. gotta be like informational, but then we're supposed to have Fun. I listen to all these great. Dax Shepard has a great podcast. Oh, now. I know. I'm so good. I just listened See? to it yesterday. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. And it's like real world issues. We're talking about real world issues. But then he has a lot of fun. He talks about like eating sandwiches, 
and you know there's lively banter that happens between him and the co-host i mean i you know we never do that here we do sometimes (laughs) last night and that's it's great nice you have to watch that one i I like matthew mcconaughey my we have the uh, calm app you know on the phone so we'll do like meditation before going to bed or whatever and there's an actual meditation in the call mat. It's Matthew McConaughey reading a bedtime story. <laughs> and so you get to fall asleep to Mr. McConaughey reading you a story. All right, all right. All right. I had a hard time doing it. I had, I had to turn it off. I love Matthew McConaughey, but there was something kind of creepy to me falling asleep to him reading me a bedtime story. I don't know. Okay. Same space. <laughs> like, uh... Well, the voice is so familiar. I could just think of Lincoln commercials. Right. That's like I was like laying there trying to sleep and all I could think about is the Lincoln commercials. Just didn't work out too well. <laughs> um, so question, one shot rock. Um, what are essential insurances that people need to think about having in place uh, when going into logistics? Or is that something that like logistics companies pretty much provide for people or is it best to have both? Good question. Um, it really depends on your business. I know that's kind of like a crappy answer, to be honest. But it, the reason I say it depends on your business is because, like, when you get into like very high value freight, you know, I, I'd even tell you, you know, what's really high value? Like almonds, like things that you don't think about, like nuts. When you get into high value freight, sometimes um, like clothing and other things, it's good for you to have your own insurance policy um, just in case in the future, you know you, you know, something happens. The other thing to consider is, you know, many, many organizations like your, you know, the freight companies, let's just say it's a truck. Most trucks are insured up to $100,000. And, you know, if you have anything over that, you won't be covered for it. Now you can always ask your freight broker or anybody else, your transportation partner, hey, can you find me a truck that can cover up to X amount? But the one thing that I like to just point out to people is there's a very high likelihood that that is going to limit the pool of carriers that you can pull from. So it's going to ultimately increase your price because not every carrier is going to be covered that much. But at a minimum, I'd say the standard is about $100,000. If your product is more than that, then that's when you want to start thinking about, well, does it make financial sense for me to go get separate insurance or does it make more sense for me to, um, you know, it's a one-off situation, doesn't happen very often. You know, I'm going to go and just have my, you know, my carrier you know, handle it. Um, and maybe go find me a truck that's worth 125,000 or whatever. Now that said, you know, when it comes to LTL, LTL carriers, every LTL carrier is different. So some are going to insure up to like $5 a pound. Some are going to be $25 a pound. You can always get shippers insurance. And so you can always buy up, I guess you could say, but those are the things that you have to have conversations with in regards to your, um, your logistics partner, and you got to be upfront about the value because sometimes customers, they don't share that information and they just make the assumption that it's covered. Well, that also might be the vision of like, okay, well, are we going to use higher tiered LTL carriers or that can cover up to $25 a pound? Are we going to use the dollar per pound LTL carriers because it's actually cheaper? Like those are the things you do have to think about, but when it comes to getting a truck that can cover, making sure you have the value of your shipment and you let your partner know, like, and I say your logistics partner know this is how much the value is, then that is going to probably help you at least get the ball rolling in a conversation around, okay, are we covered? Are we not covered? Is there a better way for us to do this long-term? Um, like for your, the stuff that you ship, like at the end of the day, 
How much does it average? Like, what's the value of it? Is it over a hundred? I mean, I'd say on average about a hundred, a little bit over. Your stuff is around a hundred grand. That's where I think it's really important to have a conversation with you know your logistics you know partner around you know does it make sense for me to look into other things like from a corporate perspective like making sure my stuff is covered or if it's underneath the hundred thousand or around there you know maybe maybe you look for a carrier that's a hundred ten a hundred fifteen a hundred twenty thousand dollars more carriers are holding you know higher values of insurance but the standard is a hundred when it comes to a truck. So if you're if if you're not willing also to take the risk, because some customers are like, you know, I'm willing to take the risk. If something bad happens, I know I'll get paid out the hundred. You know, maybe it's worth me not having to pay for a whole different policy. Mm-hmm. You know, and so those are the things you as an, you know, as an owner or even just a business owner have to weigh out like, does it make sense based off of, you know, the risk you're willing to tolerate and then also the coverage that you're gonna get. Awesome. So Another thing we've thrown around a lot, uh, LTL versus dedicated truck. Um, Some people may not know what exactly that means. And then like what the typical price difference is, and we could just go by like 5X or 10X or or, or whatever. But can you kind of explain what the difference between an LTL and and a dedicated truck is and then what the price differences are with those? So kind of, so truckload, so when you, when you see a big semi on the road, you're probably looking at de- at a dedicated truck, right? Like the things that you try to avoid when you're driving down the road, probably. <laughs> um, now LTL is, LTL stands for less than truckload. So that's when you're shipping, maybe not 26 pallets, but you're shipping two pallets. You know, you're essentially buying a spot a little bit on a truck, uh, you know, and so your freight is going to be married up with other customers' freight going in probably very similar direction. Now the LTL world is very hub and spoke model. So, you know, if it starts in Portland and it needs to go to New York, it might stop in Colorado, then stop in Chicago, then stop in New York, maybe Pennsylvania, then up to New York. Now that's how their model works. A dedicated truck is gonna be like one pick, one drop. It's gonna pick up in Portland and it's going to deliver in New York. And so that would probably simplistically that is what I would say. Now, when it comes to pricing, that's a very tough conversation because um, things that are shipping, it, it depends on density. So like, let me back up here for a second. So when you're getting a dedicated truck, realistically, no one cares what's on the dedicated truck. You know, it's, you're buying the truck. That's what it is. You're buying buying X amount of space. You don't get a portion of the truck. You get the whole truck. Now, when you're shipping LTL, you're pretty much buying some space. And also they classify what you're actually shipping. So based off that classification, it has a different rate structure. Mm. So if it's lighter, it might cost more. If it's heavier, it might cost less. If it's longer or the pallets are bigger, you know, or if you're shipping over six pallets, you know, it's going to cost, it's going to be a volume shipment. It's like, there's so many different aspects. And usually it goes back to the classification of the freight that's being moved and how much space and density it takes up on the truck. Um, and that's why it almost makes it more complicated to be like, oh, well, it's cheaper to go, you know, LTL. Well, if it's one pallet for sure, then, you know, shipping from Portland and New York. But if you're shipping like 10, 12 pallets, we might give you the recommendation depending on the market and depending on the rate that you're receiving from an LTL carrier. Like, Hey, for an extra, like 500 bucks, you can just set a dedicated truck, 
and you're going to have better service, better quality, less opportunity for damage and claims because you're not going in the hub and spoke model now, um, you know, and then you, you get it quicker. So awesome. That's a good, a good synopsis. So a little bit more expensive because it's not making a bunch of stops essentially, but it could be very little bit more expensive just depending on what it is that you're shipping. What you're, what you're shipping, where you're going. I mean, if it's going to California, it might cost the same as a dedicated truck. There's there's times that I'll be like, okay, you're shipping four pallets. Let's put it on a dedicated truck for an extra, like for the same cost. Like, you know, it's just, it, it, and that's why it's so hard to say because honestly, like the market and going into different marketplaces are just so different and the costs associated are so different. And then you have the aspects of what you're shipping, right? That play into that as well. So this is why that, going back to why the partnership's so important, right? Because you need someone like you or, or people on your team saying, hey, just FYI, this and this are the same price. This is going to be a lot better option uh, uh, for you uh, in yeah. that scenario. I had a, an, a sort of an example of that last week. I shipped a bunch of plastic. It was 14 pallets of plastic. And my mind went straight to dedicated truck and, uh, you know, I asked, uh, Mac or contact there, um, what that would cost. And, um, I just I said, Hey, well, what if we put it on two LTL trucks and the cost was a little bit cheaper in that instance. So it just depends like Raquel's saying, depends on what's, what's being loaded, the availability, um, what your time frame is, how quickly do you need it from one place to the other, you know? So, oh. yeah. You know, especially it's interesting, right? Like due to COVID and everything going on and how different marketplaces are reacting, like different cities and just like, you know, the ebb and flow of the supply and demand into different locations. I mean, we've made the suggestion like, hey, let's take this from Portland to Chicago and then to Chicago to New York. And it will cost a thousand dollars less than going from Portland to New York. Okay. Like, and I know that sounds crazy. Like, and that's not, to be honest, that's not, it's not like I'm sitting there going, let's do this every single time. Right. But, you know, sometimes you have to get innovative because sometimes you can't get coverage and you can't get a carrier to go from here to there because they don't want to. And so, okay, well, we got to get a little creative and you're right. That's when it comes back to relationship. Okay. We got to get it there. How are we going to achieve this? And let's get innovative on what our options are from a cost and then also a service perspective. Awesome. Freight sets the rate. Freight sets the rate. <laughs> Sorry. In my office, I would have like all these really great memes pumping out all day long. <laughs> he sends them all day long. We get them through teams. He's he's a meme factory. I'm gonna add you to my teams, and then I would like some of these while we're at it. Oh, do it! Yeah, go. heck yeah, I'm in. <laughs> well, for those of uh, before we wrap up here, for for those people that don't know how to find you again, Ch Robinson. But I don't know if you want to give out a website or or some social or anything like that to our listeners if if they want to check you guys out and um, possibly contact you for your services. Definitely chrobinson.com. Um, we will get back to you if you if it's new. I mean, obviously. You know, my, I'm sure my contact information will be on here. If you want to be directed in a certain direction, I, I'm always happy to help. So, um, but I will tell you, chrobinson.com is where it's at. We got great tech that you'll have access to on there too. And it's for free, which is awesome. Um, it is really You cool. guys have offices in pretty much every major city and... We do. So you, so that's kind of, if you're in a big metropolitan city, realistically, we have an office very close to you. And if you're not, 
you know, probably uh, definitely within the region. I mean, we have over a hundred offices in the U S alone. So it's, we definitely um, continue to grow and it's been a really cool aspect. I'll be honest, like working at Robinson has been a lot of fun, especially the last few years because we are growing so fast and we're doing so many great things when it comes to like tech. Um, Our CEO has put out like, these are the things we're going to achieve and like we're running and it has been so much fun to innovate and to see us change and, you know, change is uncomfortable for a lot, but like, I'm all about it. It is such a great time to be alive and it's such a great time to be part of Robinson. That's awesome. I love that. Well, I want to thank uh, Raquel again, uh, AKA one shot rock uh, (laughs) for joining us today in 20 rock studios on a rock podcast to all you out there listening. Have an awesome Friday, a fantastic weekend and rock on. Press onward. Oh, and press onward. Tremendous thanks to Raquel Weed and Andy Johnson for participating today. As always, thank you for spending time with us this week. Tune in at your convenience wherever you listen to your podcast by searching Rock Shop Talk. On our next show, we'll feature the topic of tax considerations in the printing industry. If you'd like to request to be on the show, please visit rock.us slash rockshoptalk. If you found today's episode helpful, the greatest accolade we could ever ask for is for you to recommend it to a friend who you think may find it helpful as well. Please like, share, and subscribe on social media. And until next time, rockers, press onward. Press onward.